Shafee. Shafee, are you there? What the hell is this? I hope What the hell is this? Honey, come here. What the hell is this? Listen to this. What the hell? What the has fallen on Austin, Texas, and you know what this is. This is that show where I talk into a mic in the back room in the in the ivy-covered cave in East Austin, and I talk to that guy, that guy with mandibles like the Predator, that guy who is the pride of Tarzana, California, that proverbial guy in, inside two garages uh, here on one magical hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular since this pod i've been lost without a trace i dream at night i can only see shape's face i look around for podcasts i could replace i feel so cold and i pod for your embrace i keep crying shave it shave it please i started with the bridge tonight I, I always wondered what I what we pod for. Turns out it's, it's for my embrace. I pod for your embrace. Well, the embrace of the listener. I see. You That's... pod for my embrace. I pod for your embrace. And we collectively pod for one magical nation's embrace. Yeah, it's like a group hug. The 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 slightly the slightly grubby, dirty embrace of all of the hunter gatherers. They're slightly dirty because they've been gathering and and hunting just a, just a little bit, they're a little bit damp with sweat, but that's okay. We love them anyway, because they're one magical nation. You know, you, you talk about that and it reminds me how there's, it's, there's nothing new under the sun. Like we joke about hunter gatherers, but people are in the pandemic just scraping by to some degree. We're, we are just hunting and gathering just what we need and, I, so many people are just like barely getting by. We were talking before we started recording that Shafi and I are both friggin' done with the pandemic. I, I mean, we got we got to be patient. I mean, it's not done with us, but I feel a little. I, I've had such a good attitude about it this whole time, and I'm struggling with it right now, man. Yeah, you know that's you. I. I definitely find myself, you know, being artificially positive and, you know, that's fine. I, you know, I, I want to put on a good face and I want to, you know, I want to do that. I want to do that for my, for my friends too. And for, or even not my friends, even just people I meet on the street, you know, I want, uh, you know, everybody to know that I'm with them and that I'm upbeat about our chances as humanity for surviving and that I, you know, I think things are going to be okay, but, you know, I don't, I don't always feel that way. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that'll exhaust you in its own way. Just pretending all that pretending. Yeah. Just like the pretenders. It's nice coming on here where I don't have to pretend. Shafi, happy one, two, one, two, one. Yes. I, it's like I'm starting the podcast. In one, two, one, <laughs> two, one. 
0121 yeah uh oh so that's a Wait, wait, one, two, one, two, one. That's a five number. It's a five digit, uh, a five digit anagram. No, palindrome. It is a palindrome. Palindrome. If you take off the zero, it's not like a form you have to fill out where you got to fill in the t two digits at the front. And, and yesterday was a maybe a seven digit palindrome because that was one, two, zero, two, zero, two, one. Uh -huh. if, you, if you read out the whole year. Okay, yeah. And, fun. <laughs> That's fun stuff. Uh, I saw a news story about this and I cannot believe that I did not tag it for this show. Yesterday was... <laughs> Like one of one of two presidential inaugurations that will happen like this millennium <laughs> on a six digit no or whatever a seven digit palin palindrome year <laughs> or day. <laughs> All right, I, I'm remembering now why I didn't why I didn't flag it for discussion because it's pretty silly. Well, I think we should let everybody know what we're doing tonight. And you, what's, what's interesting about this is that you suggested this is what we might do on Thursday, and this is indeed what we're doing. This is showing a level of preparation uh, unheretofore seen on this here yonder podcast. We are welcoming back our friend. Are we saying are we saying full names on the podcast, or are we just first names? I think with Tim, we just use the first name. We are welcoming superfan Jeff back to the program this evening. Hey, Jeff. There's only one Jeff in Kilgore. There's just one of us. <laughs> tonight, tonight we're doing questions from Jeff from Jeff. We will have Jeff on to ask. Uh, Jeff, do you have new questions for us? We have some old questions from Jeff, too, if we need to go to... We need to go back to the well, but um. I don't really. I, I've got a couple. I got a couple. Uh, I need, I need so you you brought some fresh questions. Just a cut, one or two, and they're not they're not very good. But well, all we have time for is one or two. There, there's no goddamn thought provoking that it takes us forever to 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 get an answer. <laughs> Y'all might have one from the old list that you have been have been pondering on yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna take a look at that right now i there are a couple on there that we haven't touched on um that i think we should touch on and and jeff since you're here also dude thank you so much for your time uh, the, it's such such a pleasure to have you with us it's such an honor and honestly i got nothing else to do it's, that's right pandemic <laughs> pandemic we were, no, it's great. I've I've been looking forward to it. It's it's a lot of fun. Did you hear us talking about your accent? Yeah, yeah. And I really don't think it's an East Texas accent as much as maybe a little light brain trauma. I think. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> have you had, have you had a brain injury? Uh, no, no. Okay. Well. 
no more than no more than anybody that grew up in the country with a bunch of cousins right that would, you know throw you down and and push you into the creek and bounce concrete blocks off your head but uh, you ever, I, I don't know that my I don't know that my accent is indicative so much of East Texas. It might be. I'm, I might be wrong, but well, I I think it's we and I think we were making a distinction between like the West of Texas being less influenced by the South, the Deep South. Yeah. To me, your accent sounds more Deep South than you know, a drier Lubbock sort of accent. It definitely doesn't sound West Texas. I've met and know some West Texas folks and they, they have a very distinctive dialect, very cool dialect. Yeah. And, but and also, yeah. And neither of neither Schaefer and I exhibit that too much, right? Um, or, I don't know. No, your buddy Brian from last episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did. Schaefer. But Schaefer, I guess, grew up in, in Houston, and so he uh, he might be more indicative east, uh, of East Texas than I am. Schaefer was talking about his ancestral home, which I always think of as South Texas. Mm. But, uh, but, you know, he did spend formative years in Lubbock. Yeah, I consider the Panhandle my ancestral home. Fair enough. Even though yeah. my None of my ancestors are from there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the imperialism of the white man. I consider this, I consider this my ancestral home. My grandfather, my grandfather was the first one there. I got here last week. Yeah. Um, Jeff, I had one question for Schaefer as part of the intro that I wanted to just um, get by. I've noticed that you, you, we're laughing about some question that I asked Schaefer. Oh, why did, what is Dove's cry about? There was another thing that Schaefer was laughing at. I think there's a great line of comedy. Here's the production meeting part of the show. I think there's a great line of comedy in me just asking Schaefer like really naive questions. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I think I've hit upon something here. So I'm going to, I'm going to go again. Uh, we were talking about Amanda Gordon, the wonderful poet, the young poet who uh, read her poem at the inauguration. And I said to Amy, is she a poet laureate? And Amy was like, I, I don't know. I think she, yeah, maybe she's on that track. And then I was like, you know, Schaefer's got a friend, A. Lamone. And he says that she's like on the way to being a poet laureate. And then we both sort of were like, and here's the question. Schaefer, what is a poet laureate? A poet laureate is someone designated by the by pre, the president or by a presidential committee or something to represent all of America it, to the in the art of poems, and so they it's it's a it's just a cool thing. It's kind of a way for uh, it's a way for uh, the government to you know kind of help out one poet. Uh, you know, but also kind of keep keep a little poetry in in our in the halls of our nation. You know, uh, it's a really good thing for the poet. The poet in question, obviously, they end up with like a stipend, but then they get called upon to you know read and you know in all these places they get these you know good jobs and stuff. 
So it's kind of a cool way for us as a nation to at least provide an, an old school type of patronage to one poet, at least one poet, you know? But there's not like a track you can start on in your community college? Uh, yeah, I mean, you on your way. start by writing poems and publishing poems. And, right, okay. Uh, you know, I mean, and then, you know, like so many, so many of these uh, cushy government positions, and it comes down to who you know, right? Are there other laureates besides uh, poet? I think, uh, uh, well, a laureate, I think, is just anybody who's been bestowed with some kind of honor award. We talk about the Nobel laureates. Mm. Um, uh, but I, to my knowledge, I, you know, I don't think there's not a prose laureate. There's not like a presidential plumber laureate. There's not, yeah, plumber laureate. There's not a cinematographer laureate or uh, there must be some kind of national photographer, I suppose. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I, but don't you think there's a presidential photographer just on staff that runs around photographing the president? There must be. In sort of look, in looking that up, it just says it's uh, honored with an award for outstanding creative or intellectual achievement. It was, uh, it was confusing. I think the uh, the gal who read the poem was the nation because she was introduced as the nation the nation's first poet laureate by the guy. I think everybody was confused. I think she is the nation's first. Youth poet laureate, mm. and uh, and so that's cool. That's a that's a new thing. I'm now one hundred percent. You know, I should look this. Yeah, you, I think that that's on CNN. Youth poet laureate. Okay, good. You've confirmed. Yeah, I, I I thought she did a bang up job, and uh, like in fact, this morning, I was either this morning or or yesterday morning. I'm not sure. It was the morning after. The inauguration with Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> uh, I, I was, that's the day after. Sorry, I found a uh, oh, I found uh, a recording of of her reading, and I I just I cranked it real loud, like like you would blast a rock song. I blasted it in my in my room when I was waking up. Uh, it was really fun. Just listened to it really loud and really enjoyed it. And, just cranked that those that those good vibes and those good feelings that uh sorry what's her name again Amanda Gordon Amanda Gordon yeah the, uh, the those good vibes and good feelings and uh that she uh, presented to us it was really cool excuse really me cool. Amanda Gorman Amanda Gorman yeah got a uh, got me all excited all over again for uh for the new uh this this dawn of a new day here Everybody was pretty. Everybody was pretty stoked yesterday. Yeah. Um, the first time I've heard of like many people, you know, watching the what watching the inauguration. In fact, my plumber came back today to just finish up, hook yeah. it up in the bathroom, and he was talking about watching the <laughs> watching the inauguration. I've never in my life watched an inauguration, but you know, that's the. It's the first time. And I certainly have not, like, I watched that all day. Yes, you know, the, on the day of the inauguration. I had, I had on, I C-SPAN on the bar. I had the sound on. 
we watched seven hours of the, the inauguration. Definitely something that, you know, that four years ago I would told you was, I would have told you was boring. Um, I yesterday, the day before yesterday, I just, I could not get enough of it. Usually you just, you, usually you just see the swearing in on the news kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Jeff, you were saying something? Um, I was going to say, yeah, just wallow in it. It's such a... <laughs> <laughs> is, your, wash over you. is your bar open? We are open, yeah. Um, how's, how's business? How's people's attitude as far as getting back in, you know, and into restaurants, into bars, back uh, to people, society? The people who have come back are excited to be there, definitely. You know, and every day I get somebody new who's like, man, I haven't sat at, sat at a bar in nine months. Um, but it's still, we're at about 30% of our former business. Uh, so. I just wonder if people would get used to being at home. People are, uh, you know, creatures of habit. And, um, I, I and yeah, definitely. I, most people are still staying at home. But, uh, but there are people who either have to get out or just are getting out. Oh, I have no doubt it's going to be booming like crazy. I just don't know what it's going to look like. I think it might look different. This cat and I were talking about that. It might look, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I don't think anybody really knows what it's going to look like. How How do you think different, Jeff? It might, it might be a different scene. I mean, it might be different people, people who... I uh, used to go and uh, used to be bar people might transition and it might be a, kind of a different generation, not as far as age, but I don't know, or at least the people that come in might have a different outlook on things, different attitude. There might be a different mood. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it just seems like this was such a cathartic event. I'm, I'm interested. I was, you know, never out and about too much before. So I won't be the one to detect the difference, but it'll be interesting to hear from Schaefer if, if things have changed much. How are those, how's the mood in that post-pandemic crowd? Mm. Kind of, yeah, that's interesting. It's definitely been cathartic. We started this podcast, for instance. <laughs> uh, are we ready for, are we ready to just bend our brains here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is not going to be, this is, w when you're talking about cues from the J, like, it's mind-bending, you know what I mean? Ah, I, uh, think. My brain's been feeling a little stiff lately. I could use, I could. Oh, yeah? You could use some flexibility? Some, some massage, some brain massage. All right. All right. Stretch I'm it out a little bit. You heard your beat, Jeff? We had a little cues from the J beat, a little intro here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, bringing it back. Quizmaster J. Oh, that's hot. That's fire. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> okay. You got one? Are you going to throw a dart at the wall? Yeah, throw a dart at the wall, definitely. You, you, you start us off. We'll, we can come back around. If, we've, if we have time, we can come back around to these the ones on the on the old the old list. Throw a dart at the wall is always. We received weird. it like okay. three weeks okay. ago. Here's, here's here's one that that I wrote down in a panic a moment ago, and <laughs> and it's probably going to be you know a mistake or or a uh, a weird one, but okay. So um, 
And which, a panic a moment ago is, is, is how we do everything around here. So good Yeah, job. and that's why, and that's why, yeah, you all inspired me. Two-part question. First, which version of the afterlife do you find most plausible? And then part two, uh, which, which version of the afterlife would you prefer? Dude, the, I mean, <laughs> this is the throne that this is like knocking it out of the park right away. What a thought provoking question. And we can, we can, uh, y'all can uh, veto or parlay it and we can go on back to some stupid bullshit like cantaloupes and watermelons. I don't know. I like this one. I, I, I got it. Um, well, I, I, something springs right to mind and I'm going to really disappoint my, my Judeo-Christian monotheistic brother in here, but uh, I gotta say the most plausible to me for the afterlife is is rebirth, is like is like Hindu re. I mean, to me, like your energy re-enters a system, and then that system feeds this other life and. I mean, I guess it flies in the face of like, you have a soul and you're an individual and I, I don't know how much I, how realistic it seems like you born a, a, a moth or, I, I mean, I don't know, I guess all that, but, the, but that, that in a way seems way more plausible than the just um, palaces in the clouds. But, I want to say this though, like in, in my Christian study and 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 theology stream it's it was it was always underscored to me that heaven was being with god and hell was separation from god and so in a way what i'm saying is like your return to this eternal system of energy it, that's like you are you're being you are coming to be with god there and then you're reborn in, into the mortal coil as something else. But like, to me, there's not as much dissonance in those ideas as some people would, would think, but okay. So that sprung right to mind. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to take, I'm going to need to take a minute. With, that's most that's, plausible. That's what seems most plausible to me is, um, what I'm not using the right word rebirth. Um, uh, re, uh, what's it called? Reincarnation. Reincarnation. Yes. That's... In, in a way, reincarnation makes the most sense to me, but not not as much of a divergence from a return to God as as it might seem. Shafi, I agree with you about the plausibility of of it, and you know, not necessarily. The idea that if you're bad, you're going to come back as a rock, and if you're good, you're going to come back as a koala rock star. <laughs> I don't know, oh, rock star, yeah. Uh, but the persistence of matter, you know, the fact that the basic building blocks of us, of matter, of our, you know, even our minds and our energies, they're all matter that persists in some form on, in this universe, no matter what. Then the idea of, I think that. Uh, my uh, definitely the afterlife I find most plausible was detailed by Jimmy Webb in uh, the song he wrote Highwaymen uh, as recorded by the Highwaymen uh, he said I'll fly a starship across the universe divide 
when I reach the other side, I'll find a place to rest my spirit if I can. Perhaps I may become a highwayman again, or I may simply be a single drop of rain, but I will remain, and I'll come back again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And so uh, I think that, that that jives pretty nicely with what you were talking about, too. And I think that's, uh, as you, if we're talking about logic, if we're talking about science, if we're talking about how this world seems to work, just from my very limited, uh, my very limited point of view within it, then that that seems most likely. And I wish that uh, I believed in some sort of uh, universal accounting for things. And you know, I suppose uh, there is in the fact that you know, if if you live your life terrible, then nobody's going to come watch you fly away from your job in a helicopter after four years or you know if you <laughs> if you're if you're a you know, for example if you're a terrible landlord you know people will you know might rise up against you or you know there are things that you sow in this world that'll come back and uh bite you in the ass but uh i think you know only in the sense that, you know, I, I think that that's more physics than, uh, than theology. Um, that's just how, yeah, how the, how the waves of this world crash. And what was the second half of your question? Sorry. That was, that was, that was beautiful. And, uh, and I mean, it, that was really well put. And the second part is what would you prefer? Is yeah. Yeah. Wait, uh, let me, wait, let me get a little clarification here. Jeff, you are just the quiz master here. No, I was going to say we should get Jeff's answer. This yeah. question. Yeah, I, I would second Schaefer. I don't think I could put any better than that. I I do have, and I was thinking about it. You know, he he uh, he he kind of made me think about it a little bit better. Better, and maybe if um, reincarnation, if if we are all one thing, if we are all a highwayman how we men, um, maybe we are reincarnated into every uh, living thing over and over. Maybe we, or as a soul or a consciousness, just just live out every life and thing. And, uh, and, and that's how we are one with, or, you know, like uh, Matthew said, um, um, with being with God versus being, um, away from God is, is, and, and also back to karma. What better karma could there be if you had to experience everything, you know, kind of what, what you serve out is, is what you, is what you're given. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I got to say, Jeff, that the way you're putting it with, you know, as, you know, becoming everything, I think uh, anyone who's ever experimented with psychedelics, and I think maybe Jimmy Webb, who wrote The High Women, might be one of those guys. Uh, they will tell you know. They will tell you, yeah, definitely. Every every cell, everything that exists in this entire universe is all part of the same thing. So, uh, I think those people would tell you that no one ever really lives or dies in any way that's distinctive from the existence of the universe. It's only something that we've created. Uh, you know, and with our egotistical little, little brains that are only, 
you know, a tiny, a tiny sneeze in the universe's, uh, in the back of, you know, the universe's brain. So. I've, uh, I've got a friend who is a Indian, so he knows something about this stuff. Yeah. And he said, and he said that, uh, that there was a flame and then like a, a, a bunch of uh, candles were lit from that flame or that flame was disseminated and that, and that we, that we're all trying to get back together, all the fire, all the flames are trying to join back as one. That is a very interesting way to imagine it too, yeah. So which would you prefer, either either y'all, do y'all have a preferred version of the afterlife that you would like there to, to find after it's all over? I mean, there's a certain, you know, both either Christian or also uh, uh, Islamic, uh, version, you know, that's, that's that seems like a pretty raucous party. You know, a lot of things are provided to you, and a lot of uh, really enjoyable things seem to happen. Well, that, I uh, think the I think the Islamic version is more specifically um, enjoyable. I'm not saying that I. Would I mean, the Christian that. the Christian version is isn't the Christian version is more like. It's it's like at the fellowship hall, and your your grandparents are there, and all your loved ones are there, and you're enjoying some potato salad. <laughs> but but yeah, that's not the one I'm talking about. Islam is the is, is it the seventy? There, how there are a lot of in my version. There are a lot of pillows on the ground. Right, it's like uh, Alibaba. <laughs> there you go. Schaefer and a elaborate hookahs and I want pillows on the floor. So maybe 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 that's just a kind of a rhetorical question for you to think about. <laughs> a one off. We can move. We can move on. <laughs> well, how about you, Jeff? What's your uh, what do you like most like to imagine? I don't know. You know, maybe going back to the reincarnation thing. Maybe being reincarnated into some badass, you know, some, uh, uh, I, I guess you'd eventually. News flash here, Jeff. You're already there. Oh, you are, you are in the body of a badass. Uh, how about like some sort of hawk or bird of prey? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would be. Uh, that would going be. back to, you know, kind of the, you know, our version of it, like especially if you kind of combine like what the uh, the the people who are into psychedelics tell you and what your friend, uh, your Indian friend said about the uh, flames joining together, if there's some kind of consciousness that goes along with that oneness, then yeah, then then that might be you know that's something cool, that's something we can't really even imagine, and you know that might make all of the make all of the uh, pillowed boudoirs pale in comparison to whatever whatever that state of consciousness is that I can't even imagine. So that, you know, that might be something to consider as well. Yeah, but it, but uh, uh, dovetailing on that, not to go too corporate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dovetailing on that. We're going to circle back on this one. Um, let's put a pin in it. But um, that sense of like being there's always this sort of like Sunday school question of how do you know your loved ones in heaven? You know, but like really that sense of like being with your, your forefathers that 
are gone and then knowing that your children will join you and being with loved ones and 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 maybe most importantly is not being with the bad people <laughs> um, okay but minus that that's i mean that's the same idea as like trying to get the flame all back together right like trying to get the band back together did you guys yeah, know the doobie right. brothers broke up <laughs> yeah. when did this happen uh, uh yeah, you know the, the, another great one is the viking you know valhalla you know you go back to the, a giant very well appointed beer hall and hang out with all your all your buddies there that's a cheers to that remember that remember the time remember that time i did immigrant song <laughs> hammer of the pods okay yeah. <laughs> All right, that was awesome. I think that was a, a big question number one. We only have we only have time for one more question. <laughs> yeah. For our hundredth episode, we need to release a, a CD, or or maybe we'll press it on vinyl of your songs, Matthew. Yeah. I'm enjoying the song parodies so much. <laughs> when I when I don't feel like podcasting, I'm like, yeah, but I did write that good song parody, so I'll show. <laughs> Hey, if, if you have um, access to the, I think there's internet, uh, the, there's websites where you can access any radio station in the, in the world. In Kilgore, Kilgore has the best radio station. It plays the weirdest shit. It's, <laughs> you'll love it. I'll, I'll email it to you and maybe you can put it up on your, um, on your, your forum. It, hey, let me ask you it. something. Is Kilgore a weird place? It is a very, very weird place. When I drive through there, I get this feeling. You don't, you don't, you drive, well, you come there's up that, 31. You do come up through 31. Yeah, and there's some crazy old houses there, right? Yeah, yeah, there's, this is an old oil field, and one of the, one of the oldest oil field uh, towns, and uh, where my office is, is smack right in the middle of what, What's, what's known as, if you look it up on Google Maps, it'll say um, over, you know, superimposed across Google, Google Maps, uh, world's richest acre. And that's a historic uh, endowment or whatever, uh, because from the, the 30s and 40s, so much oil was produced here. You'll look at old uh, photos and there's oil field uh, or oil derricks are 10 feet, 20 feet apart. They're just stacked up like uh, shoulder to shoulder across Kilgore and um, that's all gone now and it most certainly is not the richest acre it's <laughs> it's just uh, kind of a forgotten old oil town but it once was a very important place and it is a, now a bizarre place it had lots of, um, uh, of interesting people move in and lots of money made and this wasn't but one or two generations ago and still you know everybody who was anybody moved out and moved to, and I mean, lots of money was sucked out of the ground here. Hmm. People have moved to Paris or New York or LA. And these are grandchildren of people who were producing, oh gosh, millions of barrels of oil a day. And, and like I say, it's, there's remnants of that, but now it's impoverished and, and just an old East Texas, broke downtown it's interesting definitely get us that radio station that is we, uh, weird weird radio is on brand for our listeners let me tell it's, you and and i thought of it because of the pop 
you know, it's, it's weird pop. It's, uh, anyway, I don't want to well, also, Shafee and I are planning a, a Texas to Seattle tour for when we can all be together again. And I think Austin to Kilgore is the first leg. And then we, and then we go over to uh, Paladura Canyon for, oh the, for the Texas musical. Have you ever seen the, the musical of Texas? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yes. yes. No, no, I haven't. Oh, you haven't? Oh, um, we were talking about it on the just the last episode uh, oh the texosity episode no cat grew up in houston she probably hasn't seen it either okay all right question number two (laughs) we gotta we we gotta switch gears um uh, oh gosh well hey one of y'all got the list one of y'all picked one okay Let's see here. Uh, there was one that, uh, and you know, just forgive me. Uh, uh, did we already do the huge yacht? <laughs> when you get on a huge yacht, you could have anything or anyone no, on board you wanted, but you can't get off until you die. Nope, hadn't heard that one yet. Say uh, it again. Would you get on a huge yacht where you could have anything or anyone aboard you wanted, but you couldn't get off until you died? No. No, first thing, I'm a landlubber. That's the first thing. I don't want to be at sea until I die, period. I'm not even, I don't, that's one reason I don't want to go to sea is because you often don't come back. <laughs> that's one. Number two, this question is driven by desire, and desire is the absolute key to unhappiness. Like, I, 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 there's nothing I want so bad to get me on a yacht till I die. <laughs> and that's, but I'm trying to lessen my desires. So, but but you could bring um, um, people that would that would try your. Uh, that would that would try you and put you to the test onto the yacht like you would never be exposed to in your in your normal life you could bring people there that could um that that could test your your every last fiber i i didn't know there was oh i didn't know there was a caveat no you could you could have anything you, you could have anything or anyone aboard you want Oh, I already have I already have people who test me to my last fiber right here. It's called my kids. They're right on the other side of that door. <laughs> I'm sorry. If it if it was a if it was like um a land ship like the Jawas, maybe. I'm not getting on a yacht. Hey, you could dock it. You could dock it and have your, you know, people come and go. But but I thought that you couldn't You can't get thought, off it. No, you can, still. You can sail it all the way up a river to the river's source, and and that is basically a house, right? It's a hard no for me. But you would still <laughs> you, no. You would still have to if you got off it, you would die, right? Yeah, you can't get off until you die. Yeah. No. What are you? Not you, Shafe. I love the ocean. I love everything about the ocean. I love fish. I love snorkeling. I love. Sing us a, a sea shanty right now. Sunsets, I love uh, Yeho, 
me lovers, ye old grog filled pirates, support your dinghies. We are. <laughs> this is how that old, old, old sea shanty goes. Um, I don't actually know any sea shanties. John Lafitte, John Lafitte, John Lafitte was a mighty buccaneer. But he was like, he was like you, but he didn't like the ocean, so he spent his time on shore. Or, or uh, see, you see, you go. I don't know any sea shit. I are me hearty, dirty, dirty. I was realizing. Yeah, I think I actually do know a bunch of sea, sea yeah, shanties. Okay, that's what I thought. Now that, now that you mention it. Okay, so uh, so it was yes. What, but is there another part of that question? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean yes. Uh, it's okay with me. I'll do some fishing. I'll have great minds aboard to fish with me and discuss things like what happens when you die. Um, I'll have a really um, a really engaging Pilates teacher to keep me in shape and uh, and uh, you know a TV where we can watch movies like Ghostbusters and Strange Brew. Hey Schaefer, did you ever read Moby Dick? I did, indeed. Love that book. Yeah. Like I love yeah. that book, yeah. Did you you read it too, Matthew? Uh huh. Yeah. We had. I, I don't. I have. I don't read much, and I haven't read much. But I read. I read that damn book. For some reason, what a thing! It is really a thing. We had uh, in our uh, advanced placement English class at Lubbock High School. Our senior, our senior literature teacher was like a Moby Dick expert. She had like studied. She had studied Moby Dick in depth and went to like global conferences on Moby Dick and was, you know, they would invite her to talk about Moby Dick whenever it needed to be talked about. So she loved that and she instilled the love in it in us. Let and me ask you, um, the, the, your, your shanty reminded me of a chapter called The Lee Shore. Do you remember that one? I, uh, no, not off the top of my head, but tell us about it. I'm going to screw this up, but it seems like there was somebody who, who, who yearned for, or, well, or maybe it was just kind of a, a psalm or, you know, kind of a, a little poem in there about the Lee Shore. The, apparently, uh, Lee means peaceful, pleasant. Is that correct? Yeah. Downwind. Downwind, like leeward, leeway, I don't know, leeway. Give me some leeway. Right. Yeah. And um, that once you get, you, you, you always yearn for it. And then once you have it, you start going back to the way that was it Ishmael was at the beginning, where yeah, yeah. off the boat for too long, his 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 thoughts start to to uh, focus on his breathing or something like that, where he's he, he's not living naturally, he's not living um, in in the in what do they call it in the cut in the flow. And the yeah. lee shore is, is is bad for you. And I guess it kind of, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying to bring it back to the yacht, to the yeah. But I, for some reason, that made an impression on me. The lee shore is bad for you, huh? Well, no. It's just you when you're when you're out there amongst the adventure at sea. You you learn for the you yearn for the lee shore, the quiet. Uh, the quiet shore that's protected from the from the raging winds of the high seas, uh, but then you get back there, and you're, it's you're only back there for a little bit for a little while before you start to pine once again 
for the. Uh, I think for he the, said that your your thought goes. He said my before my mind goes to my breathing, and for some reason I, I thought about that like when you're thinking about your breathing and you're thinking about actually what you're doing instead of doing it and living in a flow state, it becomes, you become anxious, nervous, depressed. And what the sailors, the true sailors yearn for is to get out off the lee shore, out into the, out into the raging waters, to the, to the. To, sh to seek all the lashed seas, landlessness again, for refuge's sake, forlornly rushes into peril, her only friend, her bitterest foe, Know ye now, Bulkington, glimpses do ye seem to see of that mortally intolerable truth, that all deep earnest thinking is but the intrepid effort of the soul to keep the open independence of her sea, while the wildest winds of heaven and earth conspire to cast her on the treacherous, slivish shore. But as in landlessness alone resides highest truth, shoreless, indefinite as God, so better it is to perish in that howling infinite than be ingloriously dashed upon the lee, even if that were safety, for worm-like then, oh, who would craven crawl to land? Terrors of terrible, is all this agony so vain? Take heart, take heart, O Bulkington, bear thee grimly, demigod, up from the spray of thy ocean perishing, straight up leaps thy apothesis. <laughs> How the hell did I ever read some crap like that? <laughs> oh my God. I must have destroyed some brain cells if I ever got anything from that. <laughs> it's, good. it's great stuff. Uh, you know, uh, Jeff, when I was uh, working down on Wall Street in New York, uh, I, I worked at 55 Water Street, which was down there just right by Battery Park. And in uh, down there, uh, the land is actually, it's old, uh, old slips and piers where the uh, dirt from the Hudson River would fill in the piers. It would get trapped by the piers that went out to hold the ships. And so the, the land would grow in that way. They would build the piers, the dirt would get trapped, and then there would be more downtown Manhattan. So that humongous building, 55 Water Street, is built on what, at, at, uh, at Melville's time, was, uh, was water. And I, uh, I used to go, uh, the, uh, it was called uh, Conti's, C-O-E-N-T-I-E-S Slip. That was the cross street from water where the, where, uh, where 55 Water Street was. So when I would step out of the front of that building at five o'clock when I was done working, I would be on Conti Slip and then I would go via Whitehall Street over to Battery Park and, uh, and that's where I would catch the four. And uh, at, in that first chapter of Moby Dick, Ishmael says, circumnabulate the city of a dreamy Sabbath afternoon, go from Corlier's Hook to Conti Slip and from thence by Whitehall northward uh so at five o'clock every day i walked those i treaded the same road that ishmael treads at the very beginning of movie oh day. Always thought that's kind of cool <laughs> and that's where he ends up at that bizarre church and listens to the sermon right yeah yeah he, he hears he goes wandering around and hears the sermon yeah that's uh oh, God, that is awesome man 
and that uh, that sermon is is kind of the first hard part of Moby Dick to get through if you're a young man reading it or a young person reading it. You're like, oh, is this ever going to stop? <laughs> I think I need to read it again. Like that, like that time I watched Cheers as an adult. Yeah, yeah, it makes it. I guarantee you, it would mean a lot. It would mean a lot more to you now. Yeah. But this is fun. I've I've pulled up the Gutenberg version, and so it's all clickable. I'm just going through and finding my favorite parts right now. <laughs> Question number three. Are we only on question number three? <laughs> question number three. Jeff, do you have some more over there? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, nothing new. Um, Hit me. Okay. Um, um, Hit me. I guess, I guess this is a pretty. This is if you could be an expert in any subject, what would it be? Moby Dick. <laughs> uh, definitely, I think Moby Dick could be rewarding for most of your life. Cetology, right? Oh yeah, the study of whales. We sit, yeah, cetology. Yeah. Uh, I definitely, I would, I would brush up on my sea shanties. I'm a little embarrassed <laughs> after being put on the spot. Feel like I, I could have shown shown up better for that one. Being an expert, huh? Is that is that a matter of opinion? Mm, well, they say ten thousand hours, but I guess maybe it is. I I just drift back to the same stuff I've just been studying all my life, like art. <laughs> I don't know. I I I'm still in awe of my favorite artists and and despite going in that direction and studying for 40 some odd years that like you know i still feel like an expert and well would you like to to venture into becoming an artist in in the same vein as your favorites i would have liked to have been an artist back, I know that you're, well, back in on, the day I want, to, I want to correct myself. I know that you're an artist. You're a graph, and I don't know you, and I don't. But Kat mentioned to me a while back that you're a graphic artist. Is that right? I mean, I do graphic design. So I also so draw and paint. You are an artist, so I don't. Yeah, I didn't mean anything by that. Yeah, he's a, he's a fully born artist. Let me ask you this, you Matthew. Can, you, can look at, you can look at MatthewRampy.com and see some of my artwork in the art and illustration section. There's a there's a, a web design section, a print design section, and an art and illustration section. And um, I, to me, like those have always been real separate. I'm sorry, Shavy. Go ahead. You've done lots of great paintings. You've done lots of great illustrations, comic strips. Uh, you know, you have already achieved more than most people do in that regard. Would you worry, if you were to just snap your fingers and instantly become an expert, would you worry that maybe, uh, would it become boring then to like not have more to learn, not have more to, uh, would you worry that you might you might lose it? Maybe, I don't know, maybe you'll just use that expertise to do something amazing, but you might also just be like, oh, now I know everything about this, it's time to go learn something else. 
let me say this and help help me get back to where I'm going because I'm on a tangent here. When I was a kid, I was interested in magic. And my grandparents had a friend who was a magician and he ran like the local magician's club. And I joined the club and started getting into magic. And then I met Dave, you know, and Dave was into magic. And I learned a lot about magic. And I have to say that it ruined magic for me for all time. Like, yeah. you learn enough about how magic is done, you can never really enjoy it again. So that speaks to what you're talking about. But let me answer that more directly about what we were just talking about is that when I think about an expert, I, 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 I was thinking about Michelangelo recently, especially with the marble carving, the reductive, reduce, you know, Michelangelo said that the sculpture's in there, you just gotta like cut away the rest, you know? And we have this problem from our position in the 20th, for, in the 21st century with the internet, our, our vast knowledge, we're comparing ourselves to the absolute titans of the sport. I, I compare myself to Picasso. I compare myself to Michelangelo. I'm comparing myself to um, Francisco Goya, you know? Um, I was gonna say a minute ago, I would like to go back to a time before modern art when there wasn't that there wasn't that schism between the the craft and the idea i think modern art came in and you know allowed us to like maybe the idea is just the art like all the conceptualism of modern art strip that back to, like you're in the renaissance or the enlightenment and you're creating something that is so amazeballs i will say this that all of those old masters especially like the Dutch old masters, when you look at their paintings and you're like, how did they achieve that photorealism? It's because they used the camera obscura and they traced. So did, so did um, Norman Rockwell. Norman Rockwell would set up the scene like he liked it and take photographs. And then he would take those photographs and project them and paint on top of them. So in a way, all of that is the same, like you, you learn so much about a thing and, and you get into a thing and it strips away the magic when you become an expert at a thing, you know? Um, so I think talking about Michelangelo making those human forms out of marble though, that seems like a really useful, <laughs> special talent. Like it, it seems otherworldly, right? Really extraordinary. And what's bizarre is uh, they, they were producing that, or he was producing that at a time when the painting, or, or, or especially go back to, I don't know, Greek and Roman, where the sculptures were were so realistic. And then the, painting, <laughs> then the, the paintings were shit. Well, they didn't, they hadn't figured out perspective. W once they figured out perspective, it was a whole new game. It's, it, I, I also think it's worth noting, Matthew, that if you were to project a scene onto a wall, I could not paint a photorealistic painting from that. <laughs> That's, you know, there is, yeah, that makes, that makes a lot there's of other talents go, going in there that I don't understand at all. Well, in my art, I barely skimmed the surface of uh, trying to draw something as you perceive it. And I, 
I broke from that early and my, my paintings and drawings are, they're not literal. I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know how to describe them. Everybody go to MatthewRampy.com and you can see for your own damn self. But I've seen, I've seen a, I've seen a, like a painting or drawing you've done of a building and it looks like that building. Like you definitely, I mean, definitely I, 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 can translate what you see to the paper, which I think is, you know, however you interpret it, you know, some people would do it photorealist, some people do it impressionist or, you know, whatever. It's, yeah. it's cool. Just, I can't, you know, the, the point is that if I draw a house, nobody knows which house I drew. Yeah. Well, I was drawn to art because it seemed like magic. Yeah. And I think, I think is, yeah. and I think people are drawn to artists because they because there's the mystery. We 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 talked to my friend Ben about Vincent Mariani and he always used to say the role of the artist is to deepen the mystery. The, the role of the scientist is to rip the shroud off of reality and show you the truth. The, the role of the artist is to deepen the mystery and like both of the craft and like, I, I don't know, I was into that and I'm, I'm a ways down that path. <laughs> I, I will say that I am sinking all of my creative juices into this podcast at the moment. And this has always happened to me where I'll have a, a huge period of painting and drawing and then I'll stop and I'll be doing something else that's taking that creative juice or I'll just be sponging stuff up. Um, but right now, right now everything's going into writing song parodies and thinking of funny questions to ask Schaefer. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for stuff. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to it someday. Um, where were we? What's my name? <laughs> What did Schaefer say? Uh, I think I said sea shanties and, and Moby Dick. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my, I, I'm going to kind of stick by my answer of, you know, the things that I really care about, poetry, songwriting, um, even podcasting. I would rather, I would rather come to that expertise by putting in the reps just so I, for the, just so that doesn't happen to me, just so I don't like get bored of it or lose the magic of it or, you know, decide that I'm too good at it. Um, you know, I don't, or, or, you know, worse, like, you know, you become an expert and they're like, Oh, now I've got to, you know, find a way to monetize this or, you know, this, then it becomes your life and your yeah. job. And then that's, that's horrible. So I hope uh, that never happens on this podcast. Although, you know, doing like doing what Miss Duncan did and and teaching, uh, you know, half crazed, uh, drug addled seventeen year olds about Moby Dick. That's that's actually sounds seems kind of cool. You know, passing passing your passion along. Uh, that's that's something that I might like to do. Well, you should you should start a, a Splinter podcast on Moby Dick. <laughs> I'll listen to that. <laughs> well, both should. <laughs> well, Matt can start one on on art on uh, art theory. <laughs> I I don't think either of us have time for that. <laughs> but Jeff, I would like to hear your your podcast about. We'll we'll promote it here. What would you like to be an expert in, Jeff? You know, I've been racking my brain, and I don't know. I guess yeah, I, I actually am very interested in the law, especially criminal law, as as goofy as I sound and I've been trying to figure something else out, but 
it's unbelievably fascinating. And, um, and, I, but, but again, like you, uh, you know, you gotta get your, you, you, you gotta get your chops in, you gotta get your reps in and, um, and earn it on the street. And so if it was just something that was bestowed on me, then I don't know, some good uh, conversation uh, topic, like, I don't know, film history or some, something stupid like that, that, you know, some party trick, but, uh, criminal and it law. seems like you know if if this were if this were a short story by O. Henry or something, you know that if you said, "Oh, I I want to be an expert in criminal law," you know, you would discover that, you know, at the at the end of the short story, the the guy wishing for that realizes that, oh, you know, it's not it's not just being an expert in the law that allows that lawyer to to defend innocent people or to prosecute guilty people. It's those years of talking to everyone and, you know, and learning about humanity that allows them to do that. Not, that's not just an expertise in law. It's all of those things that you have to have. And I think exactly. It's everything else. It's every other experience that you've had. It's, it's your character in the general. knowledge of the law is just a tiny little part of it. You're right. Certainly true of podcasting. You definitely don't want to be an expert in anything in podcasting. Otherwise, your podcast becomes a boring podcast about one thing instead mm. of a podcast about everything. That's why we listen. Yeah. Renaissance, the, to be a Renaissance man. Yeah. <laughs> I always love that Renaissance man idea. Mm-hmm. Even though the, I bet the Renaissance man was an intolerable mansplainer. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bro, he was a bro. <laughs> he definitely was. <laughs> kind of a dark face too. Um, I really high socks. I saw one on the on the list. I can't if I can't I can't find that email right now. Um, Uh, Yeah, Jeff. Just so you know, we're massacring your question list. You're gonna have to send us more. Yeah, I'll work on that. I've been lazy lately. Are we done? We should ask Jeff. What law would you make? What law would you take away? Well, here's one law. I'll I'll um, uh, I'll suggest to your listeners that I'm not the only person that can come up with good questions. So, you know, y'all ought to uh, hit feedback with some with some questions of your own. Absolutely. Get at us. Questions from Jeff from all of you. That's right. Get at us with a cue from the J. You can, um, pretend, you can pretend you're a badass like the J. <laughs> law I would make for sure would be. Um, that stickers on new products like picture frames and uh, and uh, glasses and such have to come off cleanly. Mm. Mm. That's a good one. I think you could. I could. I think you could win the presidency if you went ran on the platform of uh, clean uh, clean release stickers. No smudge. No adhesive. You could at least be sort of an adhesive laureate. <laughs> so that's mine. That, that's mine. I don't know. Anything else I would make? Um, wait, wait, no. What would you take away? Oh, um, oh, war on drugs is dumb. That's stupid. Yeah. You know, of course. So that's, going, that's going away anyway. People yeah, are finally hopefully. figuring that out. So. Good riddance. That was a bad one. What about y'all? Y'all have any thoughts on this one? Um, I, yeah, well, I got one that springs right to mind. 
I would like to uh, introduce um, capital punishment for people who don't use their blinker. Oh yes. Uh huh. Or or drive in the left lane. Drive drive jam up traffic in the left lane. I don't think I, that like that's just an inconvenience. The not using your blinker is probably the biggest safety issue that we have today. The, let me say this. You guys are going Andy Rooney on me. <laughs> I mean, how come people don't use their blinkers? What's the, what's up with that? I've been doing some studying on it, and I've seen pedestrians get in a lot of trouble because a car didn't signal. <laughs> Uh, so that's mine. I think my law, my both like law, I would make law to take away. It's kind of all wrapped up. I would, uh, I would remove all immigration laws. Uh, just uh, freely open all borders. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, let any you know anybody who wants to come work here can come work here. Anybody who wants to go work somewhere else can go work there. Um, you know, if you want to. You know, I think that that's the you know that's. You, much like we figured out that the war on drugs is idiotic, you know, hundreds of years down the line, I think humans will realize that uh, the geographic borders are very dangerous for everybody and, and just, and not right, not human. So I love it. It, it would be interesting cool. to just skip that, that hard learning process and just go straight there. Oh, that's a good one. I, I would remove that law that where you can't take the tag off your mattress. <laughs> <laughs> we've been living we have been living under the terror of removing that tag and i just don't want to be there anymore you know what i mean that's what uh you remember uh peewee's big adventure that's what mickey did i was gonna say that's what that's why got me <laughs> good point well i took my knife and i cut it off cut it right off <laughs> Okay, so I don't think we've done this one, and maybe this is the last one. I don't know. People probably have the other things to do, but what is your death row meal? Uh, I was going to su suggest that we save this one for Kat, but uh, we'll just we'll ask her when, when, whenever she gets on here next. Mm. I feel like we should have an, a cuisine expert. Well, tonight, right now, She's making shepherd's pie, and I'm smelling it, and I'm thinking that's it for me. All right, score one for Kat then. Yeah. Is is she a chef? She yeah she um she's worked in in uh, restaurants and hotels specifically hotel restaurants and she now teaches uh, culinary arts at the local um, junior college uh, com community college Kilgore College and she's the Okay. Culinary, culinary arts. What's the Kilgore College mascot? Yeah. Rangerettes. I mean, they're famous for the Rangerettes. They've been around since, like I said, it's old oil money. And I saw the Rangerettes on the, at the, during the inauguration. <laughs> That's right. They were there. <laughs> boy, it, boy, that's all coming together, isn't it? They've they were been blue. around. They've been a big, a, a big thing, actually. Uh, I can't tell you where I've flown into, and they look at my license, and they say, uh, "Hey, Kilgore, which is a town of you know twelve, thirteen thousand, is Rangerettes." And I'm like, "Oh my God, yeah, they've been around since the '30s, or before, actually. Uh, I don't know." Twelve, thirteen thousand, a lot bigger than Groom. I'm just saying. <laughs> 
I'll put so, a link to Rangerettes on the uh, on the Facebook page. So, uh, did you did anybody answer? I don't think so. Shafee, what's your death row meal? Oh wait, uh, Jeff answered. Jeff answered his meal. Does that mean that you're dying tonight, Jeff? Oh no. Okay, good, good. Uh, mine's probably something from either Thailand or India. Those are hands down my favorite. Um, yeah, if I could just have, you know, a wide variety of curries available mm. and some noodle dishes uh, and some soups, maybe soups with noodles and curry in them, mm. then, uh, then, you're, then you're pretty much talking my language. Also, you know, I mean, there's just some classics. Like my mom's, my mom's uh, King Ranch chicken. Uh, uh, she also made uh, a this really light, fluffy pumpkin pie. Um, those are those are some great things. My brother makes a great steak. Uh, I you know I I don't I really like all food you know. So if it's if it's prepared with love and somebody, somebody is interested in the act of doing it yeah it sounds like the common thread is it's coming from your family okay well i've got the caveat here and jeff you know a little more about the penal system than myself possibly so maybe you can clarify when you when you do when you are slated for capital punishment um is it prepared with love in, yeah, that's true. In they're not, security penitentiaries. They're probably not flying in an old Indian grandma to make my, <laughs> uh, they, my last meal. Are they contacting your mom to get the King Ranch recipe, or no, are, they, are they letting her make it? And you pick up pork chops, mashed potatoes, and and mac and cheese and green beans, something that that the warden of Huntsville Prison <laughs> and his his, yeah. his nephew. Whoever's got the job of cooking there, I'll, I'll tell you to make. <laughs> that um, especially in those uh, maximum security, long-term, um, for violent offender prison units like the one in Huntsville, which is the Estelle unit, which is the one with where they they administer the lethal injection. Um, there are, uh, I, I would think, and um, and it's well known that there are amazing cooks and I would say chefs that and, and bakers and mm. uh, people that and and I would think that those prisoners that work in the kitchens put a lot of care okay into, into preparing the last this got dark pretty quick it, but it's true and do you I, I like that that's a great answer and and uh, that that puts the logistics in a more sort of realistic kind of thing like do you, and uh, let me ask you this do you think that they source whatever you know like are they are they able to source something nice of quality ingredients they 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 might be able to hold back or get some special orders in it's i've heard that uh there are inmates or prisoners that become pretty influential among guards and among staff that could probably make specific requests and i don't doubt it one bit there is going to be a guard that tells you know it's a typical bureaucracy that tells a higher up hey we need such and such um and you know at, at the top of the bureaucratic ladder 
that guy might not know if it's for the warden special dinner or for uh, whatever. And so I bet you that some strings could be pulled. I've heard some pretty incredible and surprising stories about things people have uh, have gotten hold of or things that have been made available to prisoners in certain units. And those are especially the long-term, um, more or less violent, you know, lockdown places where people go to live out the rest of their, their years. Okay. And you, you're saying so like some of them have got their hands on like a, like a pressure cooker or a. Well, so let, let me, let me say what I want and let's see if we think we could source this. It's a little maybe too classic, but I would go with like a filet and some crab. You, you know that, have you ever been to Ruth Chris and you can get this like martini glass with the big lump crab in it, you know? Oh yeah. And then that and then with a filet and some nice potato dish, like some really nice potato dish with the filet, you know? And that's, but, but you know what, if I thought that they couldn't pull that off, if I thought they were just going to give me some bullshit, medium, well, chuck roast for my steak and potatoes and just some like potato with, you know, that little, that little cup of sour cream that they might (laughs) do with a baked potato that you go, you know, like if if I thought it was going to be that, if I thought it was going to be that, I would go, I would change it and I would go with a cheeseburger. Just like a like from a greasy spoon type place like Pete's in Lubbock or or you know just a Texas just a good old Texas cheeseburger you know with a cold beer or something just because I don't want to be disappointed so late in life on yeah, one of my last on one of my last days on one of my last days before I become a raindrop and come Let's back get- again and again motherfuckers. <laughs> Ooh, it all comes back. <laughs> <It's that jar. laughs> I love it. What what a note to end this on! Holy crap! That's well. Uh, we should have picked a, a broader subject, but that's my fault. That's why other <laughs> fans, hunters, gathers need to submit their own questions. I'm running dry here. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm running dry. We got to get some assistance. I'm sorry, one magical nation didn't get to see it, but Matthew Panamine squeezing the sour cream out of that paper cup. <laughs> it's, it's, very, it gave me a very, I felt it in my hand when he did it. It started with death and it ended with death. You and, know. and I'm changing my, uh, my meal to a Cobb salad. All right. The Thank salad. you. because in death you could taste all the distinctive flavors for all time oh yeah Uh, (laughs) jeff i'm glad you i'm glad you came on and got a little dark we were were way too positive these last few oh dude we've been so upbeat we had an episode all about pop music (laughs) i love that by the way i want want another i want a part two of that you were you were kind to say that my music theory was interesting Listen to some of the Kilgore station and then and then I want to part two. An up, update. Jeff, I can't thank you enough, dude. You're you're you are blessing this podcast. Here, let, let's end on a little positivity. Thank you, Jeff. I I hope that that shepherd's pie is as as good as it smells. We 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 should let you go because you have a shepherd's pie to get to. 
I love hanging out so much with you guys. Uh, a couple of times a week, hopefully every week. I love it. You bring great joy to our lives. Thank y'all. Jeff, you want to help us out with our sign off? Uh -huh. I'll do it better this time. The poorer the choices, the sweeter the wine. The sweeter the death. <laughs> the, the sweeter the sour cream, a little paper cup. <laughs>